Hello, everybody. I'm Wendy Nystrom with Environmental Social Justice. Today, we have special guest, Ms. Debbie Levin. She is the founder of CEO of Environmental Media Association. So welcome to the show, Debbie. Thank you so much. So nice to be here. Thank you. And I hunted you down. You're one of the few people that I relentlessly tried to get you on the show because EMA was founded in 1989 when most people weren't really paying attention to the environment. And then you took over in 2000 and resurrected it to this amazing industry. Could you please tell people what you do? Okay, well, I think the general mission is we are the storytellers for the environment and we use the entertainment industry as our vehicle. Um, and, um, we are kind of the voice we, we have, a we have several boards and we have several programs and we have a lot of celebrities on our executive board. We also have all the studios and we have major power players in the entertainment industry, um, as well as our corporate board, which are our corporate partners who we've been with. The longest is Toyota, which is a story that I'll talk about, the Prius, but we've been together for going on 22 years, which is an amazing story in and of itself. And now this year, we've actually started uh, the Emma Activist Board because there's incredible activists in this world right now. And they are so smart and they're so solution oriented and they're so positive and they're so responsible. They are a group of international diverse, brilliant young people who are taking on climate in a way that is exactly correct for their generation. And they're speaking to their generation in a way that is, again, it's so inclusive and it's so positive and it's so, you know, it's it's sort of guidelines for moving forward in, on our earth. So we're very excited about that, but we're all very excited about all of our boards. But, you know, our real mission is to really be the messengers for all things environmental. And that that's a big tent. And um, <laughs> what we how we approach this is really we try to talk to people who don't know already. Yeah. So our there's a lot of people talking to the to each other in a way that normal people general the general audience the pop culture audience doesn't even seek to find out it's kind of like the way news is now you kind of seek your own news which it's not really news but it's yeah. your own version of the news so what we try to do is we try to reach people who aren't necessarily looking for environmental blogs or or um, podcasts or social. They're just looking for pop culture. And within that arena, we talk about um, sustainability and being able to live a healthy, non-toxic life and kind of very bringing it very much into our individual experience. <laughs> You know, I'm so glad you brought up talking to each other because I started in the environmental industry in the 90s and we all have our jargon and our acronyms and our language and it's exclusionary. Not everybody's going to understand what we're talking about. Right. And what you're doing and what hopefully I'm doing with this show is bringing that message to everyone, talking right. about the environment, talking about climate change in a manner where everyone can understand and get engaged in and feel that they can take a part of Right. And EMA is doing that. Um, aside from the fact I went through your board listing and it is a who's who. You have a remarkable amount of people and very important people 
involved. How did you get them on board? How, how did you, I mean, this is all you, you accomplished this. Well, you know, thank you. I just, you know how you do things, you just kind of do things. Um, yeah. wait, can I take, I think that my, I'm getting dings from my outlook. So sorry. You can edit no this, right? I just uh, don't. No, I, I don't edit at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Me. Okay. Well, now you can see that I'm taking off my outlook. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I think what it is, is that I, when I took over in uh, the beginning of 2020, um, the organization was sort of floundering. They were going to close the organization. I ended up with a very, very small board of a few people. And, but I had kids in high school. And, um, and so I kind of looked around and I went to a lot of events that I was invited to. I knew nothing about the environment. I also knew nothing about nonprofits, which I think was a big plus for me because I didn't have any preconceived habits. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I realized that every the environmental world was old. And I'm saying old in a humorous way since I'm now 22 years older. But um, they were, you know, they were on the other side of, of our generations. And I thought this is completely unrelatable. I have kids who are, you know, following at that time, all of the weeklies and the entertainment shows, and that's who they're listening to. They are not listening to people who are 55 years old. And, um, and so I thought we need to make this really young. And yeah. so I, w I went after the young, young talent. And that's not to say that we didn't honor Ed Begley, who is still one of our most active board He's members. Wonderful. I mean, yeah. who's amazing and um, just incredible people. But I definitely, my vision for this was to try to resonate again in pop culture. Pop culture is about young celebrities. And so you know, you kind of meet somebody and you meet their friends and you meet their friends and their friends. And that is kind of how things have come together. And we we continue to do that. In fact, we have an award show that is um, it's that was our 32nd annual Emma Awards. And um, this we just had it in October. And we have it's a big, it's kind of like think Golden Golden Globes, but all about sustainability. So all the content and all the honorees, everything is about about climate heroes. And so I had it in my head that we had to get Billie Eilish because oh. Billie is the biggest pop star in the world, music star. And she is so authentically sustainable and her mom and her family. And so I sort of put it out there in the universe and it turned out that our chair of our activist board had been at her UK tour because they were talking about, she was, she's actually a Rhodes Scholar and she was getting her, yeah, she was studying at Cambridge and she's amazing. And she spoke at during one of the one of the a couple of the concerts in the UK during Billy's world tour, and she's like, "I know a couple of people. Let's here's the email," and it ended up where we honored Billy and it there and her mom, and it was an like an insane amount of of media like yeah. like which I don't even comprehend, and they are so lovely and they're so authentic, and that is the fastest way to get information out. You've got a 20-year-old superstar who's talking about being vegan, being sustainable, not being allowed to have paper towels or plastic bags growing up. Those are practices and you don't get cooler than Billy. 
and more talented, obviously. But that's really where we want to go with this is really speaking to a public who gets their information from social media and from pop culture and making it something that is not only um, relatable, but also aspirational and chic and cool. And oh, absolutely. So, right. So that's kind of the philosophy. And, you know, using um, using stars, whether they're singers or actors, kids are going to pay attention to their heroes. Of course. And they're going to want to model themselves after those heroes. And then they're right. going to bring that message home right. and start kind of telling their parents, hey, can we start doing things a little di differently? And right. it is those small changes that will have a huge effect. Huge, huge. And we everybody is an activist. Everybody makes choices every day. You are an activist if you choose to do sustainable behavior, if you choose to swap out, you know, your foods, that, the different foods that you're buying and the fruits and vegetables for organic and local and farmer's market, you are an activist immediately. And that will then incentivize you to do more. And that's sort of how we how we launched the Prius with Toyota. Yeah. Um, I met them in 2001 and they were coming out with this car and... I, again, I had no idea what I was doing. And <laughs> I met like the marketing guy for um, the head of alternative fuel vehicles. And he was explaining the car to me. And I, in my mind, I thought, well, this is easy. You, you don't have to do anything except go to the gas station less because nobody knew what a hybrid was. But I thought this is something that there's no reason not to do this yeah. because you're saving money which I learned from my friend, Ed Begley, who was always talking about how, because he's cheap, he's a great environmentalist because he saves money, which is his man after my own heart. <laughs> Longstanding joke. But um, the truth is, is that, you know, that was the idea and it was a funny looking car and it was different. But what I loved about it was, is that it didn't look like anything else. And yeah. so you could see it really, you know, from far away, like, what is that car? And so I was able to get the celebrities to buy the car because they loved the message. Um, I were then I worked with E the network when it was doing like all those award shows. Yeah. And, um, they, I got celebrity. I, I didn't work with E for this, but I got celebrities to arrive at award shows in Priuses. And then I worked with E to have them shoot the right, the arrivals so that the celebrities could talk about the car they were coming out of. And we did it at the Oscars and the Grammys and the Emmys. And we did that for years. And it was like literally George Clooney, Meryl Streep. It was everyone. Because who wouldn't want to be, you know, teaching something when you're going yeah. to an award show? You don't need to be in a limo. You could yeah. be in a car that is making a statement about your lifestyle. And so that was great. And Prius is now the iconic hybrid car on a global level. And of course, they have so many more vehicles out there that are electric and hybrid and fuel cell. But the thing is, is that that I believe that that started the influx. And the thing that we love to do with companies is if they're doing something amazing on a sustainability level, help them be successful. Because if they're successful, just like in the car company, all you see are, are commercials, every brand for an electric car. And yeah. yay you know, have everybody do it. And that's the idea, whether it's cleaning products or makeup or skincare or food, anything, make those companies successful that are doing good 
And then others will follow and be trying to, you know, it's competition, which is amazing. Great. And trying to get everybody just to do things a little bit better, you know, be the good guy in all this, because unless we're all working together in the same direction, right. we're not going to make it. You and also that's what don't have to do. sacrifice anything because, no. because sustainable products are, you know, better, but they're definitely as good. And so, and they also, at this point in the beginning, um, it was a little tough because a lot of them were more expensive. Yeah. And that's why I loved the Prius because it was a very affordable car and it's still a very affordable car. And so it's definitely something that everybody could do, but um, the everything organic food industry and skincare, everything is competitive at this point, yeah. which is so great. It makes our life a lot easier when we tell people, hey, read a label. You do not want to buy something that has creepy, scary, long words in it because, no. you know, they can't be good. No, I always check labels. That's something I started like in my 20s and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just want to know what's in it. Is that so hard? You know, just you but know, most I can't people don't it. do that. Like, I honestly, I didn't do it, you know, 25 years ago. I, you no. know, it's something that I learned how to do. And I was a mom. I mean, I'm a mom. I was a mom and I have <laughs> kids and I didn't know to read labels. It's just something, no one, you know, it's something you get a habit into. Right. And no one was talking about it. So um, that's something that's really important. Absolutely. Now, going back, you, you mentioned briefly that you have these awards and programs you offer. You have your impact awards. You have your EMA Green Seal and your EMA Talks program. Could you let people know what those are? Our, our Emma Impact Summit is um, something that we do in the spring. It's a two-day summit where we, it's it's kind of like, like we, we have our celebrities. We also now have our activists um, interview um, innovators and corporate leaders and scientists and doctors. We have, um, we have a medical doctor on our board who created climate medicine and Honestly, it's always our biggest hit because I'm obsessed with what, what he says. And so he's always speaking at, it's Dr. Jay Lemery, and he's out of the University of Colorado, and he works with the Climate and Health Foundation. And they have a mentor program where they are teaching all these young physicians about, about the effects of climate on health and medicine oh, yeah. and That's practice. Yeah. But no one was doing that before. It's so crazy because it's so it makes so much sense. And so Dr. J is always there interviewing, getting interviewed and interviewing people. And and it's just it's just an amazing two days where you sit there and then we have like parties, cocktail parties at night. But you learn so much. We also shoot everything. And those are part of our Emma Talk series, which is just like you're doing. It's a. It's a, a video podcast program and it's celebrities interviewing amazing, fascinating people who are doing game changing things in the world. Uh, and, but we, we are very celebrity focused because celebrities are able to interview in a way that they're not experts. They yeah. are just very interested. And so they're not asking, they're asking questions that we would all ask, essentially. They're not, it's not like in, an inside thing where they're speaking a different language. They're talking to these innovators or these scientists or these corporate geniuses. And there's, they're literally saying, wait a minute, I don't understand what you just said. Say it again. Yes. Yeah. And that's what we need to all do. We all need yes. to be able to communicate to everybody. Yes. Absolutely. 
So it's urgent that, you know, and you can find all of those Emma talks on our website, which is green, the number four EMA.org. And we have them all on there all the time. Also following us at green for Emma on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. And we've got, we've got a new vibrant TikTok thing going on with our influencers and our activist board, which I don't know that much about because I don't know much about TikTok. <laughs> I'm not 16. So, um, but we're doing really well with that because we're doing all kinds of vertical videos and we're doing that stuff. Um, but so our, and our Emma Talks program also, we do that throughout the year as well, where it started out, actually, we started it during COVID because we had all these celebrities at home and nobody yeah. was working. And so we did everything on Zoom for like a year and a half. And now we're doing, we're going to be going live and doing some in-person um, Emma Talks as well as during Impact. So it's great. It's so much amazing information and they're so interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, the Emma Green Seal is something we were founded about to do messaging to teach on camera within content using celebrities role modeling in 2003 i went on one of our celebrities sets and it was a sitcom and this was a celebrity who literally greenest person around solar at that time only hybrid cars and there was no recycling on the set and I thought, yeah, wait happens. a minute. You know, the studios were all trying to start doing things on the lots. The sets themselves are independent. So they, a soundstage is not, they essentially rent space from the studio. So the studio is not in control, which most gotcha. people don't know. I didn't even know that at that time. I did not know that. <laughs> right. So it's like a, a TV show goes and I'm like, I want set, you know, I want soundstage, you know, 62. And so they're in business by themselves. And okay. so they don't have to answer necessarily. Now, obviously, at this point, the studios offer a lot of input into what they do. But anyway, there was no recycling on the set. There was nothing on the set. I looked at a garbage pail and it had a script, a banana peel and a plastic water bottle. And I thought, oh, my God, this is terrible. And I went home and I started calling like a lot of our board members and I said, we're doing all this great work in front of the camera. It is embarrassing that we're not doing this. Let's get a committee together and we have to create an Emma Green Seal, like just very generic, like an Emma Green Seal for production. Because if, it. like it, it, no one was doing that. And so I had like three heads of networks, producers. I had Ed, I had Wendy Malik, I had Daryl Hannah, I had Amy Smart. I had a bunch of celebrity, you know, actors. And I had industry leaders and we all got together. We had about five, six meetings at different people's houses and we knocked around what we could do that essentially wouldn't piss off the studio. So, and it wouldn't cost money because that was the bottom line. It always and, comes to money. We know right. this. I mean, at that time there were messengers delivering one page of script changes to every actor's house because that's the way it was done. And they were not recycling. I mean, it was just terrible. So we're like, okay, you have to use post-consumer waste paper. You have to print on both sides. Don't messenger anymore that, you know, and these were real recycling on the set, like really simple things. So we started out with 10 things that first year that you could do. And 
it was a great success and we announced it at the at the 2004 Emma Awards and it's now something that all of the major studios have helped create more and more they all have sustainability officers now which was not the case at the time yeah and um they all have helped it's now i think it's um 225 potential points for an emma gold green seal i think it's 175 points for an emma green seal it's about 250 or 60 different things that you know it's it's uh it's a grid of what you're supposed to do and then you you figure out what you're doing what the percentage is that you're doing and then you have to explain and show you know how you did it for every aspect of filmmaking and we have literally thousands of emma green seals at this point last year alone we had over 300 so we have many thousands um Yeah. And everybody participates. It's now gone global. We have our first studio, independent studio, Sunset Studios has three independent studio lots in Hollywood, and they all got an Emma Green Seal this year. Fabulous. Right. And they each have like sound stages. They've got like eight or 10 sound stages on each lot. It's amazing. And And for people who don't know, I mean, media and production does generate a lot of waste. So much and, waste. Yeah. Energy and, waste. Energy waste, waste too. Yes. Um, we did our Emma Awards at one of the Sunset Studio lots and we were a hundred percent sustainable and um carbon neutral. I love we, it. That's not easy to do. That's no, we plugged into their energy that was fabulous. They allowed us to use their energy, which is it's actually carbon positive because they give some back. So it was amazing. Um, we've also moved into hospitality because we have incredible partners um, at Montage International who own the Montage and Pendry Hotels. And all of their properties across internationally have an Emma Green Seal or an Emma Gold Green Seal. So, oh, that's, that's awesome. the Montage and the Pendry. So this is for, we're very much into the experience. It's not about building. Lead does that really well. We're about, once the once something is there or once something is built, what's the experience inside? What does the back of the house look like? What are your, what are your um, either actors and crew or guests experiencing? How is that? Like what kind of, you know, are there toxins in the kitchen or in the cleaning? All of that needs to be taken care of. And that is not always seen because our goal is to be seamless. So you shouldn't notice anything different. Everything needs to work exactly the same, whether it's an elegance of a luxury resort or it's the efficiency of a studio lot. It has to be the same or a car. You can't have like a shitty car. car. So everything has to be fabulous in order for this to really be acceptable. And, you know, you started this when it was hard. It was hard 22 years ago to do what you were doing. It was. And now that we have more vendors, now that we have yeah. more availability, we have things that are more localized. Right. So you really, I mean, you created a movement. I mean, I, I'm going to fangirl again. You created right. a movement of people that are just doing what is best, what is right, doing the right thing and moving forward. So um, before I let you go, because I know you're super busy and I'm very grateful for your time. How can people help? How can people get involved? You are a 501c3. I, right. People can donate. Please donate. I mean, honestly, it seems like we're like this big deal organization, but it's it I will say it's hard to fundraise around education. 
and it always has been and and practices. So we are our big fundraising push is really for our activist board because we want to be able to fly them everywhere and because they live all around the world. Yeah. And we need to get them places so that they could speak. We have a new initiative where we're trying to get them at film festivals so that they can actually be speaking to sustainability in the entertainment lens. And we want to be able to support them supporting content for us. So we can't ask them to do it free. They, they are activists. So we are really looking for a, an activist fund, essentially, because we have never met such incredible young people. And I love, so yeah. Donating to our organization at greenforemma.org. And then again, you know, that'll get you everywhere. We have a newsletter coming out where you push the donate button. It's on our homepage too. That's really what we're doing it for. I mean, we we work with within our industry to help support our events, but we really, really, really need help with our activists because okay. they are a gift. Yeah. And they're problem solvers. It's not just complaining, it's problem not just saying presenting. Right. Solving. Right. And, and we really didn't know like this year, this was new. And so we put our own, you know, our own general funds in there. And now it's like, we need to ramp up and we've got new people who are interested in joining and we just want to be able to support them doing the work they're doing. Absolutely. So guys, please check them yeah. out. Yeah. They, they, you guys are doing amazing work. I mean, and, and leadership. I mean, when I first started in environmental people like, oh, no one cares and find, do something else for work and blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden it's popular and everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Whereas Debbie was at the beginning. <laughs> you led the charge. You knew what needed to be fixed and you knew how to properly message this by talking to people simply and not trying to talk down to them or use jargon right. or acronyms and, and isolate people from the language. You are communicating directly with the thing. This is what we all need to do together. We all need to work in the same direction to get it done. So I thank you for that because very few people started doing this back in 2000. Thank you. It was not that popular. You know what? I'm a mom and I'm a grandma. That's why I do it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the generations coming up, they're aware now they're, and they want yeah. these things fixed. They want it addressed. Yeah. And they are they are also leading that charge because they're not complaining. They're saying we need to resolve this. We got to right. fix it. Totally. And they're doing that. Yep. So um, on that, Debbie, thank you so much for your time today. Fabulous discussion. Um, guys, check out Environmental Media Association, EMA. Emma, wonderful work. Wonderful thank work. You so can't much for having me. Of course. Guys, donate, volunteer, participate. Go to the awards ceremony. Do what you can to help it's out. It's so good. <laughs> I know. I saw the pictures. I was like, wow. Yes. It's great. It great. is. Thank awesome. you so much. And thank you for doing this. This is an, a great podcast. It's great. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I tried. I too started during COVID because nobody was doing anything. I'm like, hey, right? I know. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm Wendy Nystrom with Environmental Social Justice with my special guest, Debbie Levin. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.